Tuesday. I know I'm late. Um, I hope everybody had a good weekend. I was able to catch some matches. I know I always say the exact same thing. Um, for my American listeners, I hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Hopefully you were able to do it safely, but still, you know, with the people that you love. Um, I had some family come and visit. Um, I know, you know, it was like a big thing. We weren't supposed to do that. Um, but we were, you know, we kept it safe. Um, it was a small crowd. It was just my mom, brother, sister, my niece. Um, they take the same precautions that, you know, me and my family take. Um, and so we're all good. Um, I do know a couple of people that uh, have had some scares, um, you know, with COVID just before Thanksgiving. You know, hopefully for them, everything works out. Um, you know, I had some people that I know that just came off of their their uh, isolation time. They had tested positive for COVID, but now they're all good. Um, you know, I'm thankful for that. Um, but I'm so damn tired of talking about COVID all the time. Um, Thanksgiving was great. I made turkey. That's really the only thing that I have in my, my cooking uh, repertoire. I can't really, I can make a really good grilled cheese sandwich too. And, you know, my spaghetti is okay. It'll probably get you heartburn. But my turkey is really good. And the reason my turkeys are really good is because turkeys are simple to make. A lot of people think that a Thanksgiving turkey is difficult. I actually spent a lot of time playing FIFA while I was making the turkey. Because, you know, you just have to baste it essentially every 45 minutes. Some people do, you know, an hour. Some people do 30 minutes. I do 45 minutes. And uh, it, it, it turned out perfect. I mean, it's not as moist and juicy as if you deep fry it or whatever but uh it was pretty damn good so next year i don't know, next year we might smoke one next or maybe we might deep fry i don't know but uh this year's turkey turned out really really good and um no this is not a cooking podcast but uh i don't use traditional stuffing in my turkey i don't know if i talked about this on the last podcast or who i was telling this but i usually just use white rice as my stuffing and i will you know, take a couple of hard-boiled eggs. I know that sounds weird. I'll cut those up, mix it in with the rice, and then stuff it into the turkey. I only put it into the main cavity. I don't put anything into the neck like some people do, or the neck cavity, whatever. Um, but when you, when it's done, like the outer rice is kind of this like crispy kind of texture, kind of like a paella type thing, and it's really good. I think I was the only person that really ate it, to be honest with you. But uh, I love the rice. I don't know when I started doing that or where I learned that from. Even though it's not really like something special, but but it does taste really good, and I do that with all of my turkeys. The thing I hate about the turkeys for Thanksgiving, though, is afterwards. We've had everything turkey, and it's pretty annoying. I think today will be the last day. Or actually, yesterday was the last day that we had anything turkey-related. But we had, you know, turkey enchiladas and all that. I mean, it was it was pretty, pretty wild. And I hate getting rid of the actual bone parts of the turkey. Like, everything that doesn't have any meat on it and having to get rid of that... Our trash day wasn't until today. Thanksgiving was on Thursday. And we, you know, got all the meat off of the turkey on Thursday, threw the, the carcass <laughs> into the trash. I mean, you know, we like triple bagged it so it wasn't leaking or smelling, up, you know. But, uh, but yeah, it's been sitting in there for a while. So, luckily I'm in a new area. Not a whole lot of animals around here. Raccoons especially. But, but yeah. So, no more turkey. I think we do still have like some ham and some pie stuff, but that's about it. And, um, I think that stuff is probably gonna get thrown out now, but, but yeah, my Thanksgiving was, was really good. Had a lot, a lot of drinks (laughs) over the weekend, 
margaritas and pina coladas or whatever but thanksgiving is is one of those holidays it's like one of the the three american food holidays which are terrible you know christmas i christmas is kind of one that's why i include it thanksgiving is obviously the biggest one and the super bowl sunday is just ridiculous like if if i'm on any type of diet or i'm watching you know what i'm eating that all goes out the window for thanksgiving and definitely for Super Bowl Sunday. Even if my team's not playing, I don't care. Um, I'm still going to be eating. <laughs> if my team is playing, it's probably worse because I'm going to be like stress eating. Um, but yeah, Thanksgiving, Super Bowl Sunday, and Christmas. I think those are like the three big food holidays. And that's why us as Americans were so fat. I mean, it's, it's terrible. But anyway, Thanksgiving was great. Ate a lot of food. You know, got to catch up with my family. Thoroughly enjoyed it. So um all right i'm just gonna hop into this because there's a lot of games and actually you know it is tuesday we have match day five for the champions league today um but i'm not going to talk about any of the match day five matches for the uefa champions league i will save that for next week's show um just because i didn't want to have to you know i am a day late but i didn't want to have to adjust my notes and you know um kind of mess anything up so plus there's games tomorrow yeah just a pain. So I will be talking about last week's Champions League matches and last week's Europa League matches. But before all that, so in the CAF Champions League, the African Club Championship, um, it was held on Friday between the two big clubs from Cairo, Egypt. So this is kind of like a, like a super classico, like when we had, I think it was in 2018, it might have been 17, when River Plate played against uh, Boca Juniors in the... Uh, Copa Libertadores. I mean, that was huge. I mean, it was it was so bad that they had to like postpone it for a long time. I think they actually ended up playing the second leg of the final in like Madrid or Barcelona or something. It was huge. Um, this is the equivalent of that in Africa. The two big Cairo teams, uh, Zamalek and Al Ali. Um, this is the first time that CAF, uh, they had a one-off final in a pre-designated or pre-selected uh, venue. And it was the first time that a CAF Champions League final was between not only two clubs from the same country, but two clubs from the same city. Um, let's see, uh, it was Zamalek 1, Al-Ali 2. It's the ninth, ti- ninth title for Al-Ali. Um, and they'll be representing CAF in the... Uh, the FIFA Club World Cup, which will be coming up in February. So with that being said, there's four teams now that have qualified, four of the seven that have qualified for the uh, the FIFA Club World Cup. We got Al-Ali from, from Egypt, who just won the CAF Champions League. We got Auckland City from New Zealand, who will represent the OFC in Oceania. Bayern Munich, who uh, will be representing UEFA. And Al-Duhal from Qatar, they qualified as the hosts. So that tournament will be not uh, next month. I can say that now because it's December. It'll be in February, February 1st to February 11th. All right, so moving on to Champions League, UEFA Champions League. Match day four. This is last week. Um, So on Tuesday, we had Krasnodar 1, Sevilla 2. Ren lost to Chelsea 2-1. Lazio 3, Zenit 1. Borussia Dortmund 3, Club Druga 0. Barcelona defeated Dynamo Kiev in Kiev. Uh, Juventus beat Ferran Carlos 2-1. Manchester United 4. Istanbul Başakşehir 1. And Paris Saint-Germain 1. RB Leipzig 0. On Wednesday, 
Atletico Madrid and Locomotive Moscow played to a 0-0 draw. Bayern Munich defeated Salzburg 3-1. Borussia Mönchengladbach 4, Shakhtar Donetsk 0. Inter Milan 0, Real Madrid 2. Olympiacos 0, Man City 1. Marseille lost to Porto 2-0. Ajax beat Mitiglan 3-1. And then Liverpool fell to Atalanta 2-0. So as of right now, well, for match day four, like I said, I'm not mentioning any of the match day five matches yet. But um, in group A, you have Barcelona on top, followed by Atletico Madrid, Lokomotiv Moscow, and Salzburg. Uh, group B, Mönchengladbach's on top, followed by Real Madrid, Shakhtar, and Inter. Group C, Man City's on top, followed by Porto, Olympiacos, and then Marseille. Group D, Liverpool's on top, followed by Ajax, Atalanta, and Mitiglan. Group E, Chelsea and Sevilla are both on top um, with 10 points. And then Krasnodar and Rene are at the bottom. Group F, Borussia Dortmund's on top, followed by Lazio, Club Brugge, and Zenit. Group G, we got Barcelona on top, followed by Juventus, Dynamo Kiev, and Ferran Carlos. And then Group H, Man U's on top, followed by Paris Saint-Germain, RB Leipzig, and Istanbul, Başakşehir. So after match day four... The teams that have qualified for the knockout stages so far. We got Bayern Munich, Manchester City, Chelsea, Sevilla, Juventus, and Barcelona. Um, so the match day five matches, some of these are going on right now, like as we speak. Uh, Locomotive Moscow will be playing against Sevilla, or excuse me, Salzburg. Atletico Madrid uh, hosting Bayern. Shakhtar Donetsk hosting Real Madrid. Mönchengladbach hosting Inter, Porto versus Manchester City, Marseille versus Olympiacos, Atalanta hosting Mitiglan, Liverpool hosting Ajax. And then tomorrow we got Krasnodar hosting Rene, Sevilla versus Chelsea, Borussia Dortmund versus Lazio, Club Brugge versus Zenit, Ferran Carlos versus Barcelona, Juventus hosting Dynamo Kiev, Istanbul Başakşehir hosting RB Leipzig, and then Man U hosting Paris Saint-Germain. Should be interesting, to say the least. <laughs> All right, I'm going to just briefly go over the Europa League, uh, at least as far as the group leaders. Uh, this is after match day four. Group A, Roma is on top. Group B, Arsenal is on top. Group C, um, Slavia Prague and Bayer Leverkusen, both sitting at nine points each on top. Group D, Rangers and Benfica, both at eight points. Group E, Granada's on top. Group F, Napoli is on top. Group G, Leicester City is on top. Group H, Lille. Uh, Group I, Villarreal. Group J, Antwerp and Tottenham. Group K, Dynamo Zagreb. And then Group L, Hoffenheim. So the teams that have qualified for the knockout stages so far, we got... uh, in the Europa League, we got Roma, Arsenal, Leicester City, and Hoffenheim. Um, all right, so moving on to club matches. Uh, league 1, the French League, match day 12. This past Friday, we had Strasbourg and Rennes play to a 1-1 draw. Then on Saturday, we had Marseille 3, Nantes 1. PSG and Bordeaux play to a 2-2 draw. And on Sunday, we had Lyon over Rem, 3-0. Angers beat Lyon, 
three to one. Montpellier over FC Lorient, one to zero. Perez beat Metz two to zero. Monaco three, Nem zero. Nice lost to Dijon three to one, and Saint Etienne and Lille finished in a one-one draw. So the league on table after match day twelve, we got PSG on top with twenty-five points, and then Lille, Lyon, Monaco. Montpellier, so two through five, all have 23 points. Marseille is sitting in six, but they have two games in hand. Two games are going to have to make up. At the bottom of the table, we got Lorient, Strasbourg, and Dijon in that order. Uh, moving on to La Liga. Uh, on Friday, we had Real Valladolid and Levante play to a 1-1 draw. Saturday, Elche and Cadez, 1-1 draw. Valencia lost to Atletico Madrid 1-0. Sevilla beat Huesca 1-0. And Alaves beat Real Madrid in Madrid at the Bernabeu 2-1. That's just, that's nuts. Sunday, uh, Barcelona 4-0 over Osasuna. Getafe and Athletic Club played a 1-1 draw. Celta Vigo 3, Granada 1. Uh, Real Sociedad and Villarreal played a 1-1 draw. And then yesterday we had Ibar beating Real Betis 2-0. So the table right now, we got Real Sociedad on top with 24 points, followed by Atletico Madrid. Um, and this is match the 11, so Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, excuse me, they've only played nine matches. Um, they're in second with 23 points. Villarreal is in third with 20 points. Real Madrid is in fourth with 17 points, but they have a game in hand. Sevilla is in fifth with 16 points. They got two games in hand. And Cadez is in 6th with 15 points. The bottom of the table, you got Celta Vigo in 18th, Levante in 19th, and then Huesca in last. All right, uh, moving on to Syria. On Saturday, uh, Sassuolo 0, Inter 3. Benevento and Juventus played to a 1-1 draw. Pirlo decided to rest. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of rough. They shouldn't be losing to Benevento, or excuse me, losing points, dropping points to Benevento. Atalanta zero, Hellas Verona two. On Sunday we had Lazio one, Udinese three, Bologna one, Crotone zero, uh, AC Milan two, Fiorentina zero, Caligari and Spezia played to a two-two draw. Napoli defeated Roma four to zero. Yesterday, Torino and Sampdoria played to a 2-2 draw, and then Genoa won Parma 2. So after match day 9, we got AC Milan on top with 23 points, followed by Inter and Sassuolo, both with 18 points. Juventus is in 4th, Napoli is in 5th, and Roma is in 6th. So Juventus, Napoli, Roma all have 17 points. Bottom of the table, we got Torino, Genoa, and Crotone. Premier League on Friday, Crystal Palace lost to Newcastle United 2-0. Saturday, Brighton Hove Albion and Liverpool played to a 1-1 draw. Manchester City put up 5 over Burnley. Everton 0, Leeds 1. And West Brom defeated Sheffield United 1-0. On Sunday, Southampton 2, Manchester United 3. Chelsea and Tottenham played to a 0-0 draw. And unfortunately... Arsenal lost to Wolves 2-1. Yesterday, we had Leicester City lose to Fulham 2-1, and then West Ham beat Ashton Villa 2-1. to 
So after match day 10, the Premier League table, we got Tottenham on top with 21 points. Liverpool's in second with 21 points, followed by Chelsea with 19, Leicester City with 18, and then West Ham and Southampton both with 17 points. Sorry, there's a plane flying over right now. So many weird noises where I live. Bottom of the table, we got uh, West Brom in 18th, Burnley in 19th, and Sheffield United in last with one point on the season. Um, coming up this weekend, notable matches in the Premier League. We got uh, Chelsea versus Leeds, and then the North London Derby, Tottenham hosting Arsenal. All right, in the Netherlands, the Eredivisie, I'm just going to go over the table. Um, first places after match day 10, we got Ajax sitting on top with 27. Vitezzi in second with 25 points. PSV in third with 23. Feyenoord in fourth with 22. In fifth, we have 20 with 18 points. And in Heronvane in sixth with 18 points. Bottom of the table, um, in 16th, we got Den Haag with 5 points. Fortuna Sittard in 17th with 3 points. And then Emin in last with 3 points. Bundesliga. It's past Friday. Wolfsburg, 5. Werder Bremen, 3. Um, let's see. Saturday, we had Union Berlin and Eintracht Frankfurt play to a 3-3 draw. Cologne beat Borussia Dortmund somehow, uh, 2-1. Augsburg and Freiburg played to a 1-1 draw. RB Leipzig 2, Armenia Bielefeld 1, Borussia Mönchengladbach 4, Schalke 1. And when I first started watching this, it was Stuttgart 1, Bayern 0. And I wish it could have ended that way. Stuttgart had a lot of chances, Bayern just played better. So it was VFB Stuttgart 1, Bayern Munich 3. But I will say this. If Stuttgart can continue to play the rest of the league the way they played against Bayern on Saturday, then Stuttgart will finish in the top six and will be playing in the Europa League next season. I mean, still a lot of games left, still a lot of points out there. Um, but I was proud of the way the Stuttgart played. They, I will not say they played bad. I will just say that um, they got outplayed by Bayern. But Stuttgart did not play bad. They, they, they had a really, really good game, actually. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a fan. Uh, let's see. Bayer Leverkusen, this is Sunday. Bayer Leverkusen and Hertha Berlin played to a 0-0 draw. And then Mainz won, Hoffenheim won. So after match day 9, Bundesliga table, we got Bayern Munich on top with 22. Followed by RB Leipzig with 20 points. In third, we got Bayer Leverkusen with 19 points, followed by Borussia Dortmund in fourth with 18 points. Wolfsburg's in fifth with 17, and then Union Berlin is in sixth with 16 points. VFB Stuttgart is currently sitting in 10th with 11 points. Like I mentioned, we're still trying to get to 40 just so we don't get relegated. Bottom of the table, uh, Mainz is in 16th, Armenia Bielefeld's in 17th, and Schalke is sitting in last. So right now... The season ended today. Schalke would be getting relegated. All right. So uh, notable matches for the Bundesliga. We got RB Leipzig host, or no, excuse me, um, Bayern Munich hosting RB Leipzig, and Hertha Berlin playing Union Berlin in the Berlin Derby, and then Stuttgart will be playing at Werder Bremen. Um, tragically, for Werder, Werder Bremen and Stuttgart, in the last five matches, both teams have only gotten four points. They've had 
four draws and one loss in their last five matches for both teams. It's pretty, pretty disappointing. Hopefully Stuttgart can go up there and get three, get back on track. All right. Um, let's see. Moving to the U.S. MLS playoffs. Um, last week, Tuesday, Toronto lost to Nashville 1-0. to The New England Revolution beat Philadelphia Union 2-0. to And Seattle Sounders 3, LAFC 1. So the conference semifinals are going on right now. There's two matches tonight, um, which will be Sporting KC hosting Minnesota United and then the Seattle Sounders hosting FC Dallas. Um, But in the Eastern Conference, those semifinals have already been determined. It was Orlando City 1, New England Revolution 3, Columbus Crew 2, Nashville SC 0. So we got New England hosting Columbus in the Eastern Conference Finals. And after the matches tonight, we will see who will be representing the Western Conference in the Western Conference Final. All right, um, I'm going to take a quick break, get something to drink, and I will be back talking about UEFA. All right, welcome back. Quick side note before I start talking about UEFA. Um, Yesterday and today, my son... Uh, my oldest, he's 15, he'll be 16 and driving in February, which is crazy. But he is trying out for his high school uh, soccer team. Now, my son has not played soccer for a team since he was uh, about eight, nine years old. So, obviously, his body has changed significantly since then. So, he's taller than me. He thinks he's just as fast as me, but I'm pretty fast, even though, you know, in my early 40s, but whatever. Um, but right now, he is at the second tryout. So I'm hoping that he makes it. We'll see. I will definitely put something out on Twitter uh, if he does. Um, he's pretty excited about it. There was a time, you know, my son wasn't living with me. I was living in Germany. He was living in Colorado. He stopped playing soccer. Um, and he just sort of, I don't want to say gave up on it, but my son is the reason that I'm, you know, really, really into football. Um, and for him to not really enjoy it or, you know, care about it as much as he did, it kind of hurt me a little bit, you know, but now he's back. And I mean, he's, this kid is fully committed. So I'm hoping that, that he makes this team. Um, I got to go pick him up in about like an hour, 15 minutes. Um, and it's cold here in Texas right now. Like, I mean, yeah, it's 57 right now, but yesterday when I picked him up, it was like 41 degrees outside, which doesn't sound that bad. But, you know, when you're used to 80s or whatever, it's it's pretty, pretty cold. Um, but yesterday he said that the practice, the tryout that they did was the hardest thing he'd ever done in his entire life. He's only 15, but um, he's super excited about it. I really, really hope that he makes it. Um, the crazy thing is they're going to let all the players know today who is going to make the team. And their first practice is tomorrow, but it's tomorrow morning before school starts. Now, my son's still doing virtual. He hasn't gone back to the school yet. Um, but this practice, his first class, I think, starts at 8 o'clock in the morning or 7.30 or whatever it is, and which means he's going to have to probably be at practice probably like 5.45 tomorrow morning. So um, it's terrible because today was below freezing. Like my wife was scraping ice off the car. So I can only imagine how it's going to be in the morning. The grass was like white because, you know, there's the dew, it froze or whatever. I don't know. But uh, that's going to be rough for him tomorrow. But I do hope that he makes it. I got my fingers crossed. I'll find out in about an hour and some change. 
I'll be able to tell immediately based on how he looks when I pull up uh, to go pick him up. So, um, like I said, I'll put something out on Twitter. Maybe I'll make an Instagram thing or something. I don't know, but hopefully he uh, hopefully he makes it. All right. So, um, actually, this is the last Confederation that I'll be covering. Um, you know, since I started this whole new little thing, giving you guys a little bit of information about each confederation, we are finally on to Europe, which is obviously the most successful confederation, um, there is, um, wow, it's pretty crazy. So next week I will cover FIFA. I'm not going to, you know, mention all the countries obviously that are within FIFA because I've done that, but this week we are on UEFA. So let me get back into this. I'm going to, I will name off all 55 nations, member nations, of UEFA. Um, let's see, UEFA stands for the Union of European Football Associations, 55 members. Here we go Albania, Andorra, Armenia, Austria, Azerbaijan, Belarus, Belgium, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Bulgaria, Croatia, Cyprus, the Czech Republic, Denmark, England, Estonia, the Faroe Islands, Finland. France, Georgia, Germany, Gibraltar, Greece, Hungary, Iceland, Israel, Italy, Kazakhstan, Kosovo, Latvia, Liechtenstein, Lithuania, Luxembourg, Malta, Moldova, Montenegro, the Netherlands, North Macedonia, Northern Ireland, Norway, Poland, Portugal, the Republic of Ireland, Romania, Russia, San Marino, Scotland, Serbia, Slovakia, Slovenia, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, Turkey, Ukraine, and Wales. Those are all the members of UEFA, which was founded June 15th, uh, 1954 in Basel, Switzerland. The current headquarters are in Nyon, Switzerland, uh, it was originally headquartered in both Bern, which is also in Switzerland, and Paris. Um, UEFA originally started with its 31 founding members until the, the 90s and the dissolution of the Soviet Union, Yugoslavia, and the split of Czechoslovakia, and the creation of new football associations from those former countries. Um, competitions. As far as national teams, there is the... UEFA European Championship. It was started in 1958 and was previously known as the European Nations Cup. It's commonly referred to as the Euros. After the FIFA World Cup, it's considered to be the, the top international football tournament for national teams. The tournament was originally began with only four teams before expanding to eight in 1980, 16 in 1996, and finally reaching its current size of 24 teams in 2016. Uh, prior to 1984, there was a third-place match. Euro 2020 has been pushed to 21, 2021 because of uh, COVID-19. Um, there'll be 12 host na or host cities in varying countries within Europe. Uh, Euro 2024 will be held in Germany, and yes, Stuttgart will be one of the host cities. So, you know, it's always been my plan to try to get to the Euros, um, especially if it's going to be in Germany and. You know, Stuttgart, one of my favorite cities. Um, Germany and Spain are the most successful nations uh, with three wins each. And Portugal are the current champions after winning it in 2016. 
the UEFA Nations League. It's a secondary national team tournament. Uh, it was initially designed to give more meaning to friendly matches played outside of major competitions. It was first held in 2018. Um, it's contested every other year. It provides teams an alternate path um, to qualify for the European Championships. And Portugal are the current champions. For club teams, there's a UEFA Champions League. It was introduced in 1955 as the European Champion Clubs Cup and is commonly called the European Cup. It's considered to be the best club competition in the world. Um, with qualifying, 79 teams participate. However, the group stage consists of 32 teams in eight groups of four. Uh, group stage matches are played on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. The winners and runners-up in each group move on to the knockout stage, where every match is two-legged. The teams finishing third in their group transfer to the uh, Europa League knockout stage. The final is played in a predetermined city and is a one-off match. Real Madrid are the most successful team with 13 titles. Bayern Munich are the current champions. The winners qualify for the UEFA Super Cup, as well as the FIFA Club World Cup. The UEFA Europa League is UEFA's second-tier club tournament. Started in 1971 as the UEFA Cup, but was preceded by the Intercities Ferrics Cup, a tournament that was played by teams in cities that hosted large trade fairs. Uh, UEFA does not consider the Intercities Ferrics Cup to be a part of their history, uh, since UEFA had no control over the competition. Uh, the Europa League is a combination of the Europa, excuse me, UEFA Cup the UEFA Cup Winners Cup and the Intertoto Cup. With qualifying, 140 teams participate. However, the group stage consists of 40 teams in 10 groups of four. All group stage, stage matches are played on Thursday nights unless there's a conflict where you know, a certain amount of teams from one country are playing at a, you know, at a specific time. Um, starting with the 2021-22 version, the group stage will be reduced to 32 teams. The top two teams from each group advance to the knockout stage and then are joined by the third place uh, group stage finishers from the UEFA Champions League. Sevilla is the most successful club in the competition with six wins, and they're also the current champions. But Spanish teams have won the competition more than anybody else with a total of 13 wins. Since the 2014-15 version of the tournament, the winners are awarded a spot in the following season's UEFA Champions League group stage. And the winners of the tournament qualify for the UEFA Super Cup. So this next one, it hasn't even happened yet. It will start next year. It will be called the UEFA Europa Conference League. And it will be considered a third-tier tournament. Like I mentioned, it will be started at the 2021-22 season. There will be a total of 184 teams. Uh, but the group stage will be 32 teams in eight groups of four. After the group stage, the runners-up in each group will play the teams that finished in third place in the Europa League group stage, and then the winners of those matches will move on to the actual knockout stage against the group winners. The winners of the competition will be allowed to play in the U uh, UEFA Europa League for the following season. Uh, the UEFA Super Cup it began in... 1972 as the European Super Cup as a one-off match to determine the best club team in Europe. It was 
uh, if right currently it's contested between the winners of the UEFA Champions League and the UEFA Europa League in a single match at a predetermined location. AC Milan and Barcelona are um, the most successful clubs with five wins each, and Bayern are the current holders, title holders. So a lot of times if you win the Champions League and you win the Super Cup, they call you the Super European Champions and typically, it doesn't happen all the time, but usually the team that, that won the Champions League wins the Super Cup. I need to look up the, the stats on that to see what the percentage is, but I'm sure it's pretty high. So um, that's all I got for this week. Um, I will say this, though. Uh, you know, football fans around the world um, lost an icon, um, considered you know one of the greatest players with the passing of Diego Maradona. You know, love him or hate him, he's had some, you know, he's had a lot of influence on the game. Um, I never really, I never got to watch him play while he was playing. Um, you know, maybe I did in like, I think he played in the 94 World Cup, but I don't remember like focusing in on him. Um, it wasn't until later on that I was really following the game that uh, actually came to dislike him because of the, the whole hand of God goal thing, which I just consider cheating. Um, but, you know, it's it's a huge part of the game. Um, and you know, he will certainly be missed. Um, Napoli is going to name their stadium after him. Um, there's also a, a club comp- cup competition in, in, uh, Argentina that they're going to rename the competition after him. And, you know, he had some health problems, uh, he passed on and he will definitely, definitely be missed. Uh, I've seen, there's been calls to, for FIFA to just retire the number 10 and not allow anybody else to ever wear that um, ever. You know, that's similar to what Major League Baseball did with Jackie Robinson's number 42. And then, uh, you know, one year or excuse me, one game or one week, I think it is every season in Major League Baseball here in the U.S., every player wears the number 42 um, for that week or that game. I'm not, I'm not I think it's for a week that they do that. Um, so. I don't know. We'll see what happens if, if FIFA actually goes through and retires the number 10. I think it's going to be kind of hard. I don't know if they're going to do that or not. But, um, you know, they'll find a bunch of ways to uh, to honor him. So World Cup winner. I mean, you know, he's definitely considered to be one of the best ever. So he will definitely be missed um, within the football community. So um, that being said, that's it. That's, that's all I got for the week. Um, I'm going to go watch some of these... Uh, Champions League match day five Tuesday highlights and uh, you know see what happens so um, I hope you guys have a have a great week are able to watch some matches this weekend I mean you got tomorrow too with Champions League Thursday with the Europa League a lot of matches going on um, yeah stay safe thank you guys for listening wash your hands wash your masks take care of yourselves and I will talk to you guys next week all right thanks bye